0: It's a good day for Winnipeg Jets fans. The New York Rangers have actually defeated a team that was going to give them trouble the Carolina Hurricanes. It took till Game 7, but thanks to the Rangers now advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals, Winnipeg is getting an upgraded second-round pick move to a first. We'll talk about what this means for the Jets and why getting this pick upgrade is super important and also talk about the next round of playoffs and what we might expect about a potential Stanley Cup Finals matchup in just a few weeks. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at LivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. So thank you again for making us one of your most uh, listened to and watched Winnipeg Jets podcasts out there. On tonight's nice episode. I thought it would be fun to talk about a very major development for the Jets. Uh, obviously, you know, thanks to the NHL playoffs, Winnipeg has actually had real stakes, which for a team that's not in the postseason, you would probably be uh, a, a little bit surprised to hear. But um Pretty much every Jets fan that I know has become a temporary Rangers fan, or at least was until uh, the end of yesterday, because the Rangers had, of course, had that major trade for Andrew Kopp. Um, They sent two second round picks, but one of them had the opportunity to become a first rounder if Kopp had played, I believe, um, 50% of the games at least that he was assigned to uh, New York, and also if the Rangers uh, won two rounds of the playoffs, which Well, thanks to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes kind of collapsing and Igor Shesterkin putting on a mad show, you know, the Rangers are actually through to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, which for Winnipeg really couldn't be better news. Um, Quite honestly, I think the Jets have needed a bit of a boost. Uh, The Barry Trotz uncertainty and the lack of, I would say, uh, particular updates around the team, other than that, things are just kind of in a bit of a holding pattern as Uh, The head coaching search continues. It has left Jets fans kind of needing something interesting. Uh, And it's not like the Jets are the only team that are a little bit quiet right now. Uh, Obviously, until um, we start getting closer to the draft, I think most teams, they're just kind of holding off and sort of waiting for the playoffs to resolve. Uh, Obviously, the more teams that get eliminated, the more that we're going to see, you know, head coaching candidacies probably start to uh, become available. Uh, in part because uh, this league loves nothing more than to fire guys and then recycle them to another team. So uh, obviously there are some new candidates that might be hitting the market. Um, I don't think Carolina, after losing to New York, is going to be getting rid of Rod Brindamore. I think, if anything, the the team itself is probably going to change. A couple of those guys are going to be free agents. Hey, maybe the Jets should take a look at Vincent Troshek. I don't know. There are a few guys that you know Winnipeg might splash an offer on, but... um, I think the main summation of the series was that, you know, Carolina sort of had a couple of issues uh keeping up their, their momentum and creating offensive opportunities. Igor Shesterkin kind of snuffed out the rest that they did create, and uh every time they made mistakes, you know, the Rangers were Johnny on the spot, hitting on counters, and you know, creating really high danger chances that a lot of their backups really couldn't handle. Auntie Adanta did a fabulous job throughout the series. But unfortunately, he just came up a bit short and uh, Freddie Anderson wasn't able to come back in time in order to get the Canes back in the series. So uh, that aside, you know, obviously the most important thing for this one is that the Rangers having traded for Andrew Kopp, um, you know, now we're getting a pick somewhere between 29 and 32. Uh, and this is good for the Jets. I think that second rounder was originally uh, somewhere at, at like 60th overall, which, you know. A second round pick up there, it's not bad, right? But you are talking about a pick that is towards the end of the second round, and obviously, getting that upgraded to a really juiced first rounder at the end is uh, somewhere around an eighteen percent increase in likelihood that an NHL player um, emerges from your pick. Uh, well, in particular, that your your player or prospect actually plays a hundred NHL games, which is not insignificant, right? An eighteen, 18 to twenty percent jump is pretty huge, so. Winnipeg has to be thrilled. Uh, there are some candidates for the Jets to draft uh, towards the back of the first round. I'm going to hold off on, uh, and you know, talking about that particular pick until we start to get a better sense of where exactly it's going to fall, just because I feel like the back end of the first round this year is going to be pretty crazy. But um, all the same, I will give you some candidates later this week talking about who might be draftable, uh, which prospects towards the end of the first round are are really worth a punt because um, once you're going to get to the back of the first and into the start of the second, uh, the difference between picks becomes a little bit more marginal. But in this case, from where the Jets were before, uh, obviously, this is a massive jump. And yeah, all we could do is just be really happy. Now, some people might say, you know, the Jets uh, got the better end of the deal. And in some ways, yes. But I will say that, you know, for my take, I think New York got so much more value out of COP than I think people realized. Um, Andrew Cop is kind of a game changer. Uh, he's the kind of rental that you really dream of. A guy who dominates at even strength, a player who can be on uh, used on the PK. And I think the biggest thing with him uh, is that he shows that he is a top sixer. You know, the Jets sort of underutilized him. And, you know, here he goes to the Rangers, immediately hits it off. He's had like 12 points in 14 games in the postseason. So uh, I, I think Cop is both, Uh, A huge success in a lot of ways, especially for the return that he got in the trade, but also organizationally a bit of a failure that Winnipeg was not able to keep him. Um, I just feel like, you know, with how the Jets treated him and how he was used in in like a really third line role oftentimes, sometimes even on the fourth, I just feel like the Jets really swung and missed on a guy who, quite frankly, was good enough to play somewhere on the first or second line and uh, really could have been a pivotal role player. He was given opportunities to do that sometimes, but then, you know, after everyone would get healthy, he's back down the pecking order. So, yeah, I do think Cop's going to get a huge raise. Uh, It's not going to be with Winnipeg, I'm pretty sure. I I think that that relationship is over, but, you know, we wish him all the best and we thank him for being awesome because now his team has advanced and we get an upgraded pick. So at the end of the day, Cop still gives us a really cool parting gift. And for that, you know, Jets fans got to be thrilled. Uh, but of course, the Rangers actually have a very difficult next opponent. And, you know, for the rest of this episode, I wanted to preview the two series because uh, I think the conference finals this year are, are really compelling. Uh, very interesting We, you know, we don't actually have any real stakes now that the uh, the second rounder has already been promoted. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about putting any real stock in the results other than just uh, your your interest as a neutral. But we'll talk about what could be really cool about these series and maybe just maybe one of the uh, eliminated teams might be looking for some coaching uh, coaching structure. I don't think you know any of these squads that are currently out there are going to be really making any hasty moves. But you know, if something changes, maybe Trotz tries to go to the one of these conference finalists. I'll talk about the odds that you know Trotz would actually maybe move to one of these teams uh, towards the end of our series previews. Uh, but before we go any further, I just wanted to shout out one of our great sponsors at RockAuto.com. Uh, You know, for any of you who are vehicle owners or even interested in cars and trucks, you all know that there are so many makes and models out there, which when it comes to replacement parts, you also know that if you have to go to a brick and mortar retail store, nine times out of 10, they probably won't have what you need. Uh, With so many models out there, keeping stuff in stock is always very difficult. So instead of wasting time and money, especially with how expensive gas is nowadays, just go to rockauto.com instead. You know, as convenient as rockauto.com is, I think one of the best things is that you can save a ton of money. You might see a part for one uh, van or truck for three hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars at a retail store, but on Rocco.com they sell that that same exact part for around two hundred bucks. I mean, you're talking about a one hundred dollar price difference. How wrong could you be? Uh, this is like the best option possible, and it's really convenient. But you know, more than just saving money and time, RockAuto.com Rock is also a family-run business serving DIYers just like yourself for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, no matter your experience or walk of life. Uh, if you're really interested in giving them a shot, I highly recommend that you go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know what that so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts the car will ever need. Visit rocker.com right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Like I mentioned earlier, I wanted to transition to talking about some NHL playoff series. Uh, obviously, the uh, second round has concluded, and we are on to the Eastern and Western Conference semifinal, or finals, uh, which is which is really cool, super exciting. I think that we have some very interesting storylines this year. And the first series that I wanted to talk about uh, is one that, you know, Jets fans I think were hoping for because it meant that the Rangers would advance to uh, give us that promoted second round pick. But after going through a couple of teams that were icing some backup goalies, uh, the Rangers now face their toughest test yet, which is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, I will say one particular thing that I've seen with all of like these backup goalie comments, uh, everyone's like, oh, you know, now they're shooting against Andre Vasilevsky surely they can't repeat the same success that they've had before. And I feel like it sort of ignores the fact that the Rangers were actually a pretty high-scoring team during the regular season. Um, A seven-game playoff series against the same team is obviously a very different story than going through the regular season, but I just feel like the stuff that worked for New York uh, during the regular season is probably going to be the same stuff that they have to do here. Uh, I think they have one particular advantage, and it's that they've been very good at attacking the slot and being super efficient, right? This team is not a squad that creates a lot of volume chances, but if you want to make the most of your opportunities, get into those extremely high danger areas, make the most of it. And that's kind of how the Rangers have lived during a lot of these series. Um, again, this is not a team that tends to outcreate or outshoot their opponents in terms of scoring chances and the volume of those chances. But instead, they trade uh, quantity for quality, which I think is a big thing, uh, especially with how the Rangers do play. Uh, Oftentimes, they have to rely very much on sort of blocking shots and creating breakouts off of forced turnovers because they spend a lot of time in their defensive zone. Uh, That often does lead to Igor Shesterkin being put through the ringer, to be honest. But, you know, this style is what works for them. They have had some pretty decent success. And look, they've gotten farther than I think anyone pegged them for. Uh Regardless of what happens at the end of the series, I think that their playoff run really has to be looked at with a very positive light and I think the moves that New York made were very aggressive, some of them were a little strange um but for the most part, I think if you're a, a Rangers fan, you have to be happy and for you know jets fans, obviously uh quite a few ex Winnipeg players now going on to have great success. everyone seems to hate Jacob Truba now, which is really funny. Uh, I will say that he has a bit of a mean streak that I don't recall being uh, as aggressive as he was when he was with the Jets. He did have edgy hits for us, and sometimes he did get suspended. But, you know, with the Rangers, he just seems even edgier, even harder edged, Uh, a lot of very rough hits and, you know, some uh, pretty nasty injuries coming out of them. So, yeah, you know, the, the Rangers, I think, are probably like Bizarro Jets in a way, leaning heavily on their goaltender and elite finishing. Their opponents are a very battle-tested group looking for a third Stanley Cup. Um, you know, this, this edition of the Lightning is the worst that we've seen in several seasons, but I don't know that that always matters with them because they have such a really good uh, like uh, scoring core that even when they're not creating a lot of chances, their ability to still hit you on the power play and at even strength, even without guys like Braden Point, I just don't know how you're supposed to contain them forever. And even if you do, even if you outplay them, then you have to score against Vasilevsky. And that's been really difficult for most of their opponents. Uh, For the Rangers, I think that this could be a really tight series. You've got Shusterkin versus Vasilevsky, which these guys have been among the top performers in the regular season and the postseason this year. Uh, Had Jake Ottinger not happened, I think Shusterkin would probably be number two. Um, Even Vasilevsky, I don't know if he qualifies as number one or number two on this list. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got the guy who I would pick for the Hart trophy and the Vesna, and you've got another guy who's won uh, multiple Vesnas. I'm pretty sure. I think Bassi has like two or something, <clears throat> but either way. Yeah. Very compelling series. I think it's going to make for great theater. I think Tampa Bay emerges in six or seven, but I would not be shocked at all. If the Rangers find a way through and they'll also start off the series with home advantage, which you know, I feel like it's a little bit overrated at times, Um, but that, that crowd atmosphere at the Garden was great. And, you know, maybe this is the exact kind of boost that, that they need heading into a series against a really veteran squad with a lot of experience in the postseason. Uh, no matter how much I think the Lightning are going to slow down, they just never really seem to tire out. And even when they're having their backs against the wall, they've always found ways to come through. So, yeah, I, I think you've got two very interesting teams um, this will make for a very fun series, one that probably no one really expected, but Hey, <laughs> that's, uh, that's always the narrative that the playoffs, right? Is something crazy and unexpected, but I don't know if anything is more unexpected as the Western conference final, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Hello friends, and welcome back to this episode of locked on Winnipeg Jets we are talking about the playoffs uh, and the uh, conference finals. We've just covered the Eastern Conference finals. Now we want to talk about the Western Conference finals because, um, as you know, this this is going to be a pretty crazy year for the postseason. A lot of these Stanley Cup favorites have already been knocked out. Uh, we've had some very big upsets, but I don't know if any team has really defied the odds more than the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, as much as the Rangers kind of had to lean on um, Igor Shesterkin and some elite finishing to get through. The Oilers have had even less to stand on. It's basically just McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I really feel like McDavid has done um, a con Smythe performance on the level that we really haven't seen in ages. You know, it, it comes to be that um, hockey tends to be a weak link sport uh, in that it's not really about your superstar players. It's more about the collective whole, right? Uh, I think that there's some, you know, middle ground in there, obviously teams like Tampa Bay and Colorado certainly have insane depth. Um, and you could argue that they have multiple superstars on their team, but McDavid has been so good as to almost challenge that notion to a degree. Uh, I I think Edmonton has been not particularly great. Uh, they've had a couple of games where they've really outplayed their opponents. I think Calgary, they outplayed on a number of occasions, Uh, Certainly the Kings, they dominated at times. But on the whole of it, I mean, they're not really that impressive when you think about it. And I think it's really down to McDavid just being insane. He's had one of the craziest playoffs I've ever seen, uh, which is funny to say because we're saying that about goaltenders too. But McDavid's ability to carry the play, to dominate possession, to create so many goal-scoring opportunities, and actually convert on them, um, it's crazy. I mean, I've never really seen somebody single-handedly drag his team through a postseason run the way that McDavid has, especially not in a goalie uh, mask. I think that is very surprising. If you're making saves, it's one thing, but McDavid basically has to do all of this work, including transition, uh, passing, distribution, space creation. And it's not to say that, you know, what Vasilevsky, uh, Ottinger, Shesterkin, etc. have been doing aren't very impressive in their own right. I just feel like McDavid has basically carried the Oilers. It's not like they have Smith to really lean on in the direst of times. Mike has been decent this postseason, but do you really want to put all your eggs in his basket? Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. So, yeah, uh, McDavid, this has probably been his, maybe his best run ever in like a single um, part of a season streak. I mean, it's just unreal. Also, I would say Evander Kane has been a punishing finisher uh he's been really lethal and his his shooting percentage has to be something crazy right now um it does mean that he'll get an extension somewhere and i feel like you know a a lot of people are trying to sports wash a lot of the things that he's done and been accused of because he's having such a good postseason and i want to say i think it's important that we don't just make redemptive arcs for people you don't have to believe somebody's guilty but i will say that if you don't believe they're guilty then also don't assume that they're innocent and say well well, you know, second chances and all that. I think, you know, with the Jets fan base, everyone seems to hate Evander. So it's not really that hard to um, follow this perception that, you know, you need to be aware of their accusations and treat them with respect. But, you know, elsewhere, I've seen a lot of media outlets like praising Kane for this battle from the, the bottom kind of story. And I just don't really like that, to be honest. Uh, but he'll he'll make a crap ton of money, I'm sure, on his next deal. Uh, if anything, I'm sure the Oilers want to bring him back for some crazy contract. And I'm pretty sure that's going to age terribly almost as soon as it happens. But, you know, the Oilers are the Oilers. They've always done weird things. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ken Holland has one more bad decision lined right up. Now, I've talked a lot about the Oilers. The Avalanche, I mean, there's not really a lot to say here. Uh, they just have to win. I think that that has been one of the most simple and yet difficult ways to describe their issue is that they've just struggled to advance through playoff rounds. Um, In previous and having sustained zone by teams like Vegas, they collapsed this year. They don't really have that as much. And I think that their improvements on the back end, as well as their continued maturation of the offense and their star young defenders just makes them honestly almost unstoppable. Uh, this is going to be a really tough battle for them because I think against the Oilers, you know, if you're going to be matched up against McDavid for like 30 minutes a night, which he will play 30 minutes. um, Yeah. McKinnon is going to have to pull double duty as good as McKinnon is. And certainly he has some incredible line mates too. He's just not on the level of McDavid, which is crazy to say because McKinnon at times has outperformed McDavid in previous seasons, but this year, man, I don't know. Connor is just on a different level. And I, I think the way that he's playing, uh, they're really going to have to exploit those depth matchups. And if their depth lines can't outscore Edmonton's, that's going to be a problem. Darcy Kemper and Nett, uh should be pretty decent. I don't know who their other backup is. It might, it might be prov- Pavel Frenzos or something, but yeah, I think that's probably the main issue that they're concerned about because Kemper hasn't been ideal. And I do think he's actually injured or something. So yeah, this is going to be a tough battle. I I will say that I think it's going to come down to special teams and discipline. You know, both of the, both of these teams have ridiculous power plays. Um, I think Colorado probably has the more capable penalty kill, but you know, I don't think either wants to be in that situation, especially against these amazing shooters. So yeah, I, I think, you know, Colorado just wants to advance. That's basically it. That's the last thing that they have to do because, They've kind of improved their team to the point of not really having many other options before you start running into diminishing returns. So just get her done. That's basically it. I'd be curious to know what you think about these teams and these matchups. Uh, if, you know, say Colorado or the Lightning stumble, you know, should somebody get fired? Should a coach like Barry Trotz be considered for either of these teams? My personal take is no, I don't think Trotz actually improves any of these teams, but um, and look, I like Barry, but I, I think he does have some very specific limitations. And that's kind of why uh, if he doesn't get signed by the Jets, I'm not going to be devastated. I will be disappointed, but I'm not going to be super upset. And I don't think that any of these teams or even some of the teams in the previous rounds should really try hiring him. I think there's this mistaken perception that that you know you hire a coach with Stanley Cup winning pedigree and suddenly all of your issues are going to resolve. With Trots, I think he wasn't really the driving force of why the Caps won, uh, and so as good of a coach as he is, and he is still like a top 10 coach for me, again, I think it's just hard to imagine him doing a better job than guys like Brindamore, Bednar, uh, you know, the guys who are currently leading leading their teams, um, at least through the second round and beyond. So, you know, I think the Jets would be very much a team that makes a lot of sense for Barry, but... You know, we're still kind of waiting for those decisions to shake out and we'll have the announcement as soon as it hits uh, where Trotz is going to be heading and hopefully it is to Winnipeg. But uh, until then, you know, let me know what you think. Maybe you think Trotz could actually improve some of these playoff teams. Give me your thoughts at HLivingLoco and LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. We'll have more playoff coverage and uh, any additional free agent and draft prospect talk throughout the rest of the week. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, make Locked On NHL your second listen. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!